0: Welcome to the Actors' Voice. We're going to talk about everything acting and voice, specifically the speaking voice. My name is Dr. Mariana Rubino. I am a classically trained actress, a speech-language pathologist, and a researcher specializing in voice. Welcome to the program. And. To the program so here is your lovely bio patrick fretwell is a theater artist specializing in acting musical theater and stage combat he has performed regionally and internationally from the blue ridge mountains of south carolina to the rice paddy fields of japan patrick holds an mfa in acting from the university of houston's professional actor training program and a b.a from Furman university he trained as well with Tonda Bunraku Puppetry Theater in Nagahama City, Japan, and performed as Omozukai Head Puppeteer in their production of San Basso. He has worked on productions with the University Oops, pardon me, pardon my French. He has worked on productions with the Houston Shakespeare Festival, Main Street Theater, Cleveland Public Theater, Cleveland Playhouse, Center Stage uh, South Carolina, and Glow Lyric Theater. Patrick is also an actor combatant certified by the Society of American Fight Directors in unarmed, single sword and rapier and dagger. Hey,
1: now welcome to the program. (laughs) (laughs) Great work with all those Japanese words. They took me way longer to pronounce than I think it it took for you to do. So (laughs) it was
0: like a a tongue twister. I appreciate you. Thank you. (laughs) Yeah, of course. Thanks for having
1: me. I appreciate it.
0: So how long were you in Japan?
1: Oh, man. Uh, it was about two months. Um, I got this really cool opportunity with my undergrad. They decided um, a couple years before I started there that they really wanted to have people do internships okay. in East and Southeast Asia. Okay. And uh, so I was graduating and they offer it to graduates. And I was like, you know, like I, I want to travel and I like theater. And I was like, what theater opportunities kind of find abroad and I got lucky and I got accepted in this program uh in literally on I lived on a rice paddy field in Japan and like trained at a theater um over there it was all puppetry theater uh but yeah I got accepted and then got funding so I was like don't know this language but I figured you know like let's give it a shot so it was a great time I really loved it
0: and what was the training like
1: so um physical I'll start with that uh it was a lot of um teach well the teaching itself since there was a language barrier because basically all of us were Americans and they were native Japanese speakers so they didn't speak a lot of uh English either um so it was a lot of physical teaching um so putting things into our body um we learned how to operate the puppets uh the puppets um there's a music that we learned basically like a like a two or three string version of a guitar um and uh and then we there's like a chanting that goes along with it uh so and it's all in Japanese so it was a lot it was kind of like what you imagine similarly to like a western show like what are the elements of putting on a production like mm. the the voice and the body um and so it was just a matter of doing that um so yeah it's a great time
0: yeah so for some reason after i read that i w- i thought to I was going to ask you, you know, was there ever any voicing involved in puppetry? But in my head I thought, no, that's dumb. That's just Sesame Street. But um Nope. <laughs> yeah. So but you said there's a chant?
1: Yeah, they do um chanting. It's uh it's called Joruri. Mm-hmm. um is the japanese word for it um and essentially it's like a narration for the piece itself so if you speak japanese you're like okay i understand what's going on um, <laughs> but um but yeah it's it's kind of neat cuz they have you have people performing on the stage and then essentially in the wings you have people playing an instrument that's underscoring what the show is itself mm-hmm. um and then you have people just sitting there and essentially voicing these characters um on stage so yeah uh and it's like i said it's, it's chanting so it's it's somewhere if singing is on the left and speaking is on the right it's somewhere in between mm-hmm. um so yeah uh it was definitely a different way of using my voice that i wasn't used to at the time so
0: yeah and can you do a little bit of it
1: <laughs> um oh my gosh let's see it's been a, and it's been a minute and let's see Sure. Um i'm i'm blanking a little bit on it right now because uh we did do some training in it but more of my job for that was the performing as a puppet or performing with the puppet um (laughs) (laughs) pretending to be a puppet um performing with the puppets and uh controlling them and other people were assigned that um but yeah it's i remember like
0: could you fake it i really wanted to hear what this chant is because we use chant in voice therapy so i would love to hear what there
1: I think I, I might remember the tune a little bit, but I don't remember the words, but it's like it's, it's kind of like that, okay. um, like it's it's a little raspy almost oh, um yeah, I it, it, and it's there it's like is a
0: like, like you're supposed to do it with a raspy
1: vocal, yeah, body? yes, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and like the people who do it they're like okay you're doing this a couple times when you come in and then take it easy because like you you Uh, can really blow out your voice if you do this too much so um so that that was interesting to me um and really i'd never heard of this before so it was very cool
0: no neither have i yeah i i know um in college in my undergrad i'm trying to think of the 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 country but one of our professors Uh, She traveled. uh, Oh, Bali. Oh, cool. It's on the tip of my tongue. Um, (laughs) She went to Bali and she, you know, brought back, um, you know, some of their some of their traditions. And also um, one of their teachers came over and um, worked with us a little bit, too. And, you know, I remember one time he was just minding his own business, you know, walking to get a drink from the water fountain or something like that outside of our classroom. Mm -hmm. And she said, hey, hey, you, um, not, you know, what it was, whatever his name was. Sure. Um, she said, can you come do the blah, blah, blah? And he did this just very, like, um, I just remember it being a very loud production. Um, and she, you know, she said to him, does that hurt you? And he's like, no. So, you know, it's mm-hmm. interesting, like, you know, they have these, you're talking about, you know, producing this long. I'm, and I'm assuming these, these shows are, what, two hours, something like that?
1: They can be, yeah. What I did because it was an intensive, it was probably twenty minutes. Um, but but some of these, they they go on for a while. Um, and yeah, I mean, like you're filling an entire, like, uh, auditorium essentially. So they need to hear you in the back row without a microphone. So yeah, it's really using your voice. So
0: yeah, and I'm sure. Well, I'm I'm just wondering because I know about you know the Chinese opera. They kind of train from the time that they're a little. You know, little children is mm-hmm. that the same thing in japan too
1: i'm with puppetry it's i'm i know they do some work as kids but mm-hmm. what's really cool about it is that um to become i know at least with the puppetry element of it to become like a puppet master mm-hmm. um you spend 10 years essentially on each operation of it so um little sidebar bunraku puppetry involves operation of three people using a puppet um there's the feet there's uh the left arm and then there's the head and the right arm Mm -hmm. and essentially you to become a master of it you have to train a decade for each of those so feet left arm and then right arm and head um so i imagine essentially with the chanting too it's probably similar um but yeah it's they really it's when you when I think of the word life's work, that's a lot of what it is. Um,
0: uh, so just so I'm clear, you have to train for ten years on the right foot, ten years on the left foot.
1: It's um ten years for both feet, uh ten years for the left arm, and then ten years for the right arm and head. Whoa. Yeah, <laughs> not even thirty yet, and like the thought of doing something so uh intensely for that long it's just for 30 years is is mind-boggling to me so
0: me too <laughs> <laughs> and i'm wondering too is there kind of like you know kind of like how we have um the shakespearean canon so is there is there you know a set number of plays that they might do over and over and over so okay this summer they're doing you know puppet show one again and
1: yeah it's it's, uh, uh,
0: the right hand for all those
1: essentially yeah it's um i don't think there's necessarily like there is some room for adaptation but like the whole point of this kind of field of puppetry is that they they value tradition Mm -hmm. we're doing this the way we did it um from the very beginning um there are only a select number of shows because of that um and yeah you you essentially can recreate something that somebody did decades ago because it is a tradition it's been passed down um there like i said there's there's other theaters that have bunraku inspired things um and it's a really cool form of puppetry um they did it uh, at uh university of houston they did when they did um uh rumble stiltskin recently they used a bunraku puppet um because it was three people operating it um and that's obviously not a traditional uh japanese theater tale but but it's inspired by it so um but yeah, no, it's it's a lot of this is the way it is. How can you do it? Um it's very neat. So
0: yeah, no, that's that's super <laughs> interesting.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. Um, so I actually want to uh, hop on to a different topic because sure. you're in the show now. Tell us I about am. the
1: show. Yeah. <laughs> uh I'm working on a production called Georgiana and Kitty, Christmas at Pemberley, uh over at Main Street Theater in Rice Village in Houston, Texas. Um it's if you know of these shows uh they're essentially uh, inspired by uh the pride and prejudice world um and take place at christmas time and this is the third of the trilogy it's the newest version of this play um and it was uh they weren't they're fairly new in the grand scheme of things uh lauren gunderson is one of the playwrights of it so it's written from by a modern playwright but put in a time period um in the early 1800s um Yeah, and I play a character named Henry Gray, who's new to the uh, Jane Austen universe. And essentially, he is in love with uh, Georgiana Darcy, um, Fitzwilliam Darcy's little sister. Um, She's grown up now. um, And they have been corresponding through letters for um, a while um, because he saw her in a concert and just absolutely fell in love with her from the second it started. Um, So he is... uh, essentially coming uh to the darcy household to reveal his love for her, but also there's like some things he's been holding back for a while that are uh a little like he's he's nervous that she won't think the same way because he has a backstory that's a little troubling um mm. but it's it's been a great great role to work on um company's awesome uh it's it's cool too. It's it's um one of my first shows outside of grad school that I've been working on, um, and it's with a British dialect as well, as you probably guessed. So I've been trying to use those RP chops as much as I can from uh, grad school. So it's been it's been a great time. I've really loved it.
0: That's awesome. So I mean, I I'm curious because you also played Claudio in Much Ado. Mm-hmm. So do you typically play the kind of the romantic lead type fellow?
1: That's um definitely what I think i have done consistently for most of the shows i've worked on um i i do wonder now uh i'm starting to get older if i am starting to move beyond this like young lover idea um mm-hmm. but but yeah a lot of, like uh like in college I, I played josh in the musical if then um like that's and he's like the the love interest of um the lead in that show um I I'd, I'd played a George and she loves me like that, that kind of stuff. Um, but yeah, there's a, I, I've been lucky to work on those kind of roles. So, so yeah, it's been a good time.
0: So, okay. So being a romantic lead and I would say to your, I wouldn't, I don't know. I don't think you're in Mr. Darcy land. Would you say? No, no not yet. <laughs> not yet. So you're not kind of like a heavy romantic lead. I mean, Claudio does have his heavy moments but mm-hmm. you're maybe, yeah, as a juvenile, as Jack Young would say, sort of,
1: yeah, no, i I, I would say, I, I I have I tend to play those kind of roles of like their love is new to them. They're still figuring it out. Uh, it's like, what is this thing, and what do I do with it? Um mm-hmm. yeah, I would say, I tend to play those kind of roles a good bit,
0: okay. so ask here's a here's a question. Riddle me this. So as kind of like a juvenile. Do you purposefully manipulate your voice in some way or another that you're aware of?
1: <laughs> I, to some degree, pro- yes. I don't think I always go into a process saying, I need to sound a certain way. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's more of something that comes along from, okay, what do I know from the text and about this character, mm-hmm. about how I'm feeling in a certain situation? Um, mm-hmm show him we're gonna right now Henry Gray uh the first act is uh he's probably like I I picture him to be about 20 or 21 um and he is nervous at times um is to put it uh lightly uh (laughs) so um it's it it is a little bit higher in the register and um compared to Darcy who is more grounded and, and lower in his voice but like I said I don't I don't always go in with that mindset of like I need to sound a certain way um, especially depending on the company I'm working with and the role itself Mm -hmm. um, and the space I'm working into I think when I was working on Claudio for much ado I knew that was a thing I needed to probably do because okay I'm doing this show for a couple thousand people potentially so who is the young guy who is the old guy like those were thoughts I thought about a good bit
0: yeah and just describe because not everybody's familiar with the, the Miller.
1: Theater. Sure. Yeah. Um, so Houston Shakespeare Festival is at Miller Outdoor Theater. Um, it's Shakespeare in the park and it's free. So anybody can come to it, which is awesome. Like one of the coolest things I think about the city itself is that it does that. Um, but because of that, we have audiences that I think that our um, artistic director Jack once said that when they did Romeo and Juliet one year, there were about 4000 people. Um, which is mm-hmm. wild. um mm-hmm. I don't think we got that big this summer, but but like we had a couple thousand people for some shows, and it was it, it definitely makes you go, okay, what space am I working in? um and what is recognizable? um it so was I thought about
0: like what what does that mean recognizable
1: for if I am a young lover, um how how does? How do I fit into this cast? How do I fit into this production? How do people know what a young lover is? Um, like those are things I thought about a good bit. Um, and I think over time, like I wasn't necessarily thinking about my voice to sound a certain way, but eventually it became something a little bit up here. And I'm 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 strong, but I'm also I'm, I I love her, and like I'm up here. Um, and other people in the cast who are older characters um, tend to be a bit lower in their their pitch. So. Yeah, it was something we, again, kind of discovered naturally. I would say. So. Yeah,
0: because the the space you're in in Main Street, it's quite intimate. It is, yeah. Is it in the round as well?
1: It's a thrust for the show.
0: It's thrust. Okay. Mm-hmm. So, but maybe
1: it's um, seats 130 people. So.
0: Right. I mean, do you when you work in a, a space that's um, intimate like that? Do you are you still concerned about projection, or is it more like clarity?
1: Um, I would probably say clarity for that Mm -hmm. show. And that could mean project, uh, projection. Um, but I really think it's like, I might be speaking a little louder than I do in a small group, but I, it's not too much louder than what I'm doing on a day to day basis. Um, Mm -hmm. as long as I'm connecting with the people on stage, typically, it can be heard throughout the room.
0: Totally. And do you feel, cause, uh, when you're doing the rp received pronunciation which is mm-hmm. um is it are you mm, are you doing a high rp or you're not doing a you know because sometimes you can do an rp that's you know proper and then sometimes you get into quite posh rp you know you're
1: not wait. it not not that extreme i would say <laughs> um yeah like a like th- these are people that have like i i lived at an estate in my back so like you know it's it's not like i'm off, like uh, off the street, but I'm not talking over the top like I'm in lady, like I'm Lady Bracknell. You know, it's not that that extreme.
0: So you're not a foundling nor a fop.
1: <laughs> not this time, but maybe next time. <laughs> oh, sadly, yeah, yeah. Well, do you
0: feel like um, the accent, the RP? Do you feel like that helps you out a little bit um, vocally to kind of find your? your pitch range you want to use the loudness, all that kind of stuff.
1: Totally. Yeah. Oh, it's a, it's a tool in a sense um, to get me out of feeling like I'm uh, like, it gives me a, at least a direction of like, Oh, this is the kind of society this person is from. Why do they talk like this or things like consider a good bit? Um, yeah. And in terms of uh, like, there's like a musicality I would say to RP that's lovely yeah um, uh, like I, I like there's the certain like if i want to highlight a word i go up in pitch or i go down in pitch and that's so fun to me because um it really makes it clear of okay what's the big deal in this line um versus maybe what isn't uh, yeah I, it's it's a really neat thing to play with um and there's like there's builds you can when you're going up in pitch like this or you're going down in pitch like that it's it's there there are cool little tricks and nonsense to play with um yeah it's 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 a great great thing to do i think
0: yeah and i think you know in contrast with our usual american accents which is just kind of like hey i'm here
1: right yeah
0: (laughs) To, to be able to use that you know the the musicality like you said and oh you know i might hold something out for a little bit to it's emphasize cool. it <laughs> yes yeah
1: <laughs> it is a little different and being from the south too i didn't have a quality just in my senses like that um and like people don't really understand it so this makes this is a clear thing of like you cannot do that this time
0: <laughs> right right no we're on the same page because i'm from indiana so mm-hmm. I know yeah. that I have to open up my mouth a little bit more when I speak, if I really want people to understand me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
1: exactly. So but
0: people who, who don't know me, I guess. So you, you trained in musical theater and in, I don't know, I, I find it so funny when they call it legit, but when, you know, when you, when you do theater without singing in it, sometimes they call it legit, legit or sure. street theater. So, right <laughs> nomenclature <laughs> right. aside so you trained in musical theater and legit is that
1: yeah yeah um i did like i mean going way back like in, in high school i did um I, I you know like a lot of theater kids in high school i got into it because i was doing a musical it's mm-hmm. it's a big thing you do and i kind of figured out when i was in middle school i was like oh i i can carry a tune that's kind of fun um and then yeah, through all throughout high school, I did a lot of musical theater, so trained a lot in that with my voice and I, <laughs> my uh, movement. Uh, <laughs> quote, I'm not the greatest dancer, but I can I can move a little bit. Um, but uh, yeah, and then I got to college, continued training uh, in singing as well as doing musicals every couple, every year every year or two uh, at school, but um. But when I was undergrad, we we started to train more in like like from a realism Stanislavsky uh, mindset. Oh, um, yes, stand the man. Would yeah. <laughs> yeah, the man himself. Um, but yeah, it's uh, it's um, it's neat. I, I like to find where are the parallels between the two, where are they completely different. Um, and I like I said, I think there's there's a music in even when we think of realism like there is some kind of song in that as well um it may not be quite as abundant but like musical musical theater helps a ton with just like comedic timing and like how things function on it like it Mm -hmm. they're they're well oiled machines in my mind so um yeah no I, i i love musical theater i haven't done musical in a while but i'd love to at some point soon if i can so
0: yeah well i just Remember, speaking about the well oiled machine, I remember I've done a couple of musicals, and the thing is, if you kind of blank on your note or your line when you're in a song, forget about it, you're done. You know, you just <laughs> just pretend it didn't happen, mm-hmm. see if you can jump <laughs> somewhere. <laughs> yeah,
1: just start humming along because they're going, and you got to hop back on that train. Uh, yeah, because you will be left behind. So, yeah. well.
0: I, I, <laughs> I, I, I blanked out I, I was doing a little night music and um, mm. I was playing Desiree, which was just awesome and super cool. Um, and it's that I, I don't remember what the title of the song was, but it's a it's that song where she and her ex lover meet in her dressing room after the show. And it's a kind of a dialogue song. Okay. And then, um, I, you know, as they call it, corpsed um, a during the middle of the dialogue. Song. <laughs>
1: oh no <laughs> unfortunately
0: my singing partner was a lovely very talented young man and he just <laughs> he just made something up and you know fortunately i woke up and was able <laughs> to do the, the song so thank goodness
1: no i i've definitely had moments like that too it's just like where did my brain leave like like what happened so yeah it's a. Uh, I think it happens everybody at some point.
0: Occupational hazard. Okay. <laughs> so I wanted to pivot um, and talk a little bit more directly about voice. Okay. So have you ever had any voice problems?
1: Ooh, um, nothing too extreme, I would say. Um, I think I've for a while tried to... F- it it took me a bit to figure out. Okay, where is my um, where does my voice sit uh, when I'm just going through my day to day life versus um, where it actually is. Um, yeah. I, I, thankfully, I haven't had anything too serious. Um, I, I think I've been trying. I've tried to keep in mind of like, okay, am I blasting my voice too much? Okay, I need to pull it back on the reins a little bit. Um. Yeah, thankfully no p- big problems. And I hope we keep it that way.
0: <laughs> yeah. Um I, I love what you said about um thinking about how your voice is day to day versus perhaps when you're performing. Sure. Um can you so can you say more about that? So, you know, when in my day to day I'm usually blah 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 and then I'm performing. I use it this way.
1: Yeah, sure. Um, Yeah, so like when I'm using my day-to-day speech, um, I like it depends again. I think it depends on who I'm talking to. Like I have a lot of good friends uh, back from where I grew up in South Carolina. And when I'm talking to them, especially one of my best friends from college who has one of the smartest people I know Thickest southern accent I've ever heard. Um, He talks like this. And I just playfully at times will be like, What's going on, man? How are you? And I'm just like, And then I find myself talking like that a little bit. And then I'm just starting to talk a little bit out of the side of my mouth. And it's just because it's kind of fun, but like it's not, but that's not, you know, how I talk with everybody. Um, Like when I'm talking about my in laws from New Jersey, I'm a little bit more articulate with the when I use my words because they will pick them apart if I don't Uh, (laughs) um, love them to death though. Uh, But but yeah, I, like so my day to day life, um, that those are the things I typically fall into. But when I'm on stage, I know that a big thing is I need to be understood. Um so that means learning the rules of like what is necessary for an audience to understand me. Um, I try to open up a little bit. So uh it, it I actually don't have to work as hard with my voice if I just open my mouth a bit more. Um great thing i learned from musical theater early on thankfully and that's carried over into shakespeare and everything else Mm -hmm. um yeah and i think too when talking about my register uh, where i live in my day-to-day life versus um a character i'm playing um if i'm playing a character that's a little bit more um um like not super like self-conscious i would probably talk a little bit lower down here um and because and use that lower part of my register um, versus if I was a little bit more insecure, um, I might find myself talking a little bit higher. Um, and, uh, and it's cool too, like look at that because I'm like, OK, where in my day to day life and when I'm talking a certain way, what is that? Does that say something uh, about how I how I am? Uh, so it's it's interesting. It's interesting. I, I don't know if it's always 100 percent true like I think you can sound a, you can sound low or you can sound high and be confident neither or not confident but it, it's interesting how we look at it like that sorry that's a little bit of a tangent but <laughs> oh
0: I mean that that's uh it's a tangent that I think about quite a bit um mm-hmm. I, I don't know how much we've actually spoken about it but that's one of the the main issues in my research is voice and identity Sure. So, you know the fact that you are aware of changing. You know, and the uh, code switching. So yeah. We think about code switching in a lot of different ways. I don't think yet that we think about it uh, vocally, um, mm-hmm. but I think it, it would be very helpful um, for folks. And you know, and I, it's a, an idea that I take from Jim Johnson, who was you know both our teacher mm-hmm. during our MFA's, which is you know you you can sound like. You can use your actor voice in our in our studio, uh, but don't feel like you always have to use the actor. voice. Yeah. Uh, So if you see me in the hallway, you don't have to be like, hello, Jim Johnson. I'm using my (laughs) well-supported voice.
1: (laughs) Because some days it is it's Monday morning or like you're kind of tired. Like, hey, Jim. (laughs)
0: Yeah. And and I would say definitely, um, you know, just kind of the your habitual voice or what you've been using so far is definitely um lower in pitch. Um uh, mm-hmm. you have you have a little bit of a vocal fry which is not Absolutely. Bad. Yeah. But but, but uh, I, I,
1: I, that is that's a something a tendency of mine for sure.
0: Yeah, but I mean, I'm sure that's not something that your character Mr. Gray would
1: <laughs> Right. Right, right. Yeah. I yeah, I I don't think I have a line where I talk in the back of my throat a bit like that. Like I mm-hmm. Yeah, there's there's a point of oh, I need to be understood by everybody out here, so yeah. There's, yeah. I need to avoid that
0: well and I know there's there's a few people who I know and there's actually like there's actually many people who I don't know who um might have a hard time breaking out of fry mm-hmm. Um, do you so how do you do it
1: um so if I'm working on a show and I know that's something if I'm going to warm my voice up for example um because that's something I feel like that helps me get out of vocal fry. I sing. Even if I'm not doing a musical, I think trying to realize, okay, if I need to hit a note that's a high A or something, I I need to open up my mouth a good bit so I can be understood for that. And then once I do that, then I'm like, okay, well, how can I carry this over into my acting? Um, And I think that's, that's helpful as well for... Even when I'm not doing a show, um, I have I tend to find that I'm ways in which I can get more comfortable just in my day-to-day life as if I sing a little bit. Um, I think I heard something once that like people, some of the happiest people are the ones that just find themselves singing, uh, whether they're doing their dishes or in, or in the shower. Um, so, yeah, I think that that is a way to feel like I'm not so... Uh, trapped and like i'm feeling like i'm holding myself back like that that opens me up a good bit uh simple thing but it's it's a good trick i would say
0: yeah that's really cool so the the when you do fry you feel kind of held back
1: yeah oh totally yeah um yeah there's a a degree of feeling like how much space can i take up right now um how do i sound compared to the other if i'm in a room of Everybody who and everyone's been vocal frying. If I talk like this, do I stand out like a sore thumb? Yeah. So like, kind of like you're saying, like the the code switching that comes with it. Um, meeting people in the room where I'm at and where they're at. I think that's that's something I I think I consider but don't really register all the time. Um, but it but it's it's important to to think about. So
0: yeah, no, and I love how you you speak about having a kind of a meta analysis meta analytical awareness of your voice uh in the moment because that's something that i do and i think that's something Mm -hmm. that a lot of voice well maybe maybe they don't i don't know it's something that i do um certainly um and that's so interesting that you you talk about uh it we i think the term is conversational entrainment so Mm. so usually you know if you're speaking with somebody and they're kind of a friar you might just unconsciously kind of go into fry, yeah. because yeah. especially if you're feeling simpatico with this person if you you're enjoying your conversation and you're feeling really in um in sync with them then
1: mm-hmm. you
0: might take on their their vocal characteristics
1: Actually, yeah yeah i i think that's that's a really good point i do also a lot of head jutting uh because i'm i'm fairly tall and i want to feel like i'm not some days um so, yeah, like there's there's this element of how how can I not mimic the person I'm with, but meet them where they're at? I think that I do sometimes without even registering it, so yeah, yeah. i I think that that makes complete sense,
0: yeah, and that head jetting can actually affect your voice too mm. it it's yeah, yeah so it's, it's been shown uh, in some studies to to bring on a little bit of uh laryngeal tension mm. um mm-hmm. so, do you feel a difference? You know, between the head jet versus no head jet.
1: Oh no question, yeah. I, it feels like you know the the concept of like I didn't feel like I was working; I'd have to work that hard, versus I feel like I'm really working hard if I put my head forward. Because like, <laughs> and it makes sense because I'm out of a I'm out of alignment. If there's like a fireman's pole that is my uh, voice i just bent it at the top so i'm not letting air go through as easily um yeah uh it's definitely (laughs) yeah like um it's it's a really good thing to keep in mind for sure
0: yeah and it it strikes me it's it's not a coincidence that you do play these romantic leads who in in these classical roles who certainly you know you have to stand up straight if you're going to the the christmas at pemberley (laughs) Mm -hmm.
1: yes absolutely um yeah, it, it it's something to really keep in mind, Um, and it's something that I have to n- know about myself, of like, okay, I'm, I'm in the show now. I think uh, one of my professors once told me, like, imagine you're, like, an ornament, and you're moving back and forth, and there's a string on the top of your head, and that's a good way, I think, to, a, a simple thing to work on my posture if I'm just about to enter a scene, is I just pick myself up, and then I'm on the stage, so...
0: Yeah, and you can't see what Patrick's doing, but he's taking, you know, kind of his, when, when the hair's at the very back of his head and pulling it up, kind of like uh, the kid from the the little, what are they called? The little monsters? The little, little wackos? <laughs> I can't remember it. It's, it's an old show. Never mind. But he had the cowlick on the back of his head, and I can't remember it now. <laughs> the little, it's the, that show, the little wackos. Little rascals, maybe?
1: Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. <laughs> I thought you were talking about animaniacs for a second, but oh
0: no, no.
1: <laughs> but yeah, no, it's it's uh like there's a little string on top of my head, and mm-hmm. as, long as I think about that, and I'm moving up, then I don't have to think about pushing my head out so much. So.
0: Yeah. And you mentioned too that sometimes when you're just using your day to day voice, that do you feel sometimes you get a little tired? Is that what you were saying? Or
1: yeah, I mean especially if I'm if I'm jutting my head forward um in my day-to-day life uh I find that that tires me out a bit more um because I, my body is having to work a little bit harder um and it makes sense like I, my my the way in which my breath is flowing through my body is different than if I'm standing up straight and it's it's flowing in much uh more easily uh yeah. Yeah, yeah, definitely it tires you out or tires me out a good bit. So Yeah.
0: And do you um do you ever find yourself making an adjustment during the day if you start to feel a little tired?
1: I do, yeah. Um if that's the case, uh, if I find myself being t- if I'm tired and I know that I'm like, man, I'm I'm just like really drained today. I try to think about okay, what are the things why is that the case? Okay, then I not get enough sleep. Oh no, I got plenty of sleep. Okay, how am I sitting right now? Oh, I am like hunched over. I look like those like. I wish this was on video. I look like one of those like old um, statues where somebody has their their uh, chin on their knuckle and they're like yes. hunched over, or like a gargoyle. Like, and I once I do that, I'm like, oh i I can sit up like this, and it's not it, it it's not taking a lot. It's taking less. I would actually say, um, yeah, I I really. If I can, I try to keep that in mind. Um, I don't know how successful I am all the time with it, but but if I'm tired, then I will start to ask the question, like, man, why am I so tired? And then I start to go down the list of questions, and that tends to be one of them.
0: Yeah. And so do you, when you're in a show, do you ever get notes about your voice?
1: Oh, yeah, totally. Yeah? And um,
0: what, what kind of notes do you usually
1: Yet. Um, the thing I at least from like a recency standpoint with this production um, it's typically not about projection um, I'm typically pretty decent with that and I'm fairly pretty clear with articulation it's more of okay I'm doing all of the tools can I sound like a person like I'm I'm hitting all my marks, but can I forget that for a second and talk to the other person on stage? Um yeah, it, it's a fine line. I find that I have to straddle a good bit of okay, I need to do all these technical things and make sure my T's are crispy when I'm talking in RP and 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 you know fitting fitting the mold of what that looks like. But then I also need to feel like I can let that go at a certain point and trust that I can do that. Um, that's the cool thing I think about doing a run for so long, like this one, is because I kind of stop thinking about my dialect at a certain point. Like I'm just okay. We're doing the play. I I've done everything I can. I I know my notes. I I before each show I try to go through my lines and be like, okay, what are the things that I need to remember? Okay, my O's oh, need to sound a bit like that instead of O oh, O. Oh. Um, but then once that happens, I'm I'm really trying not to think about my accent or dialect at that point. I just want to talk to the people on stage and do my job. Um, yeah, I would say those are, those are the notes I tend to get. Like what, how can you not feel like you have to be perfect, whatever that is, quote unquote, with the techniques and just live in the space you're in.
0: Yeah. And do you ever notice when, you know, you, when you're being more, natural or whatever word you want to put to it do you ever notice a a different feeling in your throat or just a different do you use your voice in a different way is it higher lower
1: yeah um i think i have a lower pitch range typically um than i like to think sometimes um i uh yeah i think the second i feel as though i can drop into a role i'm a bit more grounded um as opposed to when I'm uh not personally I because I tend to talk a little bit up higher up here so I can be friendly and appear whatever friendly looks like quote unquote um yeah I think that's kind of like a giveaway of like of mine of how much are you in this right now (laughs) um but when I'm dropped in I I think I tend to rely on where my voice uh would kind of sit on a pitch ladder um yeah, I think that's a that tends to be something I notice a good bit.
0: Yeah, that's interesting because there's um, you know, kind of the voice science land, there's this uh, voice disorder and it has about twelve different names and everyone's gonna yell at me no matter which name I use for it. So I'm just <laughs> gonna use this one muscle tension dysphonia. I said it. So um, you know how dare you. Know, you. <laughs> I know, it's very bad. Um, so um sometimes the people can they have a lot of extra um a lot of extra muscle stiffness going on in their throats okay. and kind of, you know, when certainly, um, when you start working with a patient who has, you know, something like this going on in a throat, you'll notice like sometimes that they will go down and pitch. So it's, it's, it's something that we talked about too that, that permission to take up space. So if I talk up here and I hold my muscles really tightly, um, I won't take up too much space. And you know, no one will notice me and no one will disapprove of what I'm doing. But when you can release that, which is also a note that I I continually give to myself as well, because I do find myself up here and being agreeable and de- 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 de. so when I when I kind of let go of that, I do find that I am using a, a lower lower pitch range. And I I there's yeah. less stiffness in my throat for sure.
1: Yeah. Yeah. It's a I actually I think that's a it's it's a fun thing to think about of like, okay, why do I sound the way I do? Is this who depending on who I'm talking to, would I sound differently? Um, what is my when I'm comfortable, quote unquote, what what does that sound like? Mm-hmm. Um Yeah, I, I don't know. It's a I think it's an easier thing to think about than to put in practice at times, but um but it's, it's good to know. And I think it 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 says a lot about when I'm working on her character, what they're like, or just in my day-to-day life.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, thinking about, I wonder, gosh, I mean, there's so many different ways to uh, attack a character, but, you know, you might think that, okay, so this person is kind of um, low status. So, <laughs> you know, they might do the the hunched shoulders and we might put a little bit of a, a high, high pitch on that too. Sure. So, yeah.
1: Yeah, I I think it totally. I I think that how much we know about the character always is a good thing to think about. As well. Is this somebody that just has a couple lines and they're off the stage? Okay, if that's the case, what are the ways in which I can drop into them? And sometimes it is just a physical change in the body. And maybe I just kind of got my shoulders up, kind of near my ears, and I'm just a little tighter like that. I don't, I don't know. Do I can I take up space or or maybe I'm I'm playing. Brutus and it's it's way more grounded and I, I know where I'm standing and um, when I don't what does that look like um, yeah I, I think it's, it's real like backstory and like how people see them I think is always really helpful for me and kind of how I, I try to jump into a role and uh, coincidentally with how I sound I would say
0: and so when you started to model Brutus in my mind, I thought, oh, is that the direction we're going? So do you feel like you know, as you grow and get to be an older person that you're gonna go in a, a kind of a brutus direction?
1: Maybe, yeah. Um, I <laughs> I think so. Um I think that's it, it's funny because like that that is where my mind goes to. Um but I'm not like that old currently. So I'm curious when I am, I don't know when I am in my 50s or 60s one day, what will I sound like? i um, not saying that's how old Brutus is, but you know what I mean? Like, it's it's a, yeah, like, this is a perception I have of, okay, this is what age or um, being a shore uh, looks like. Uh, and that's what I imagine it to be. I, I, I'll I be curious to see if that is what I see it as a couple, even a couple years from now.
0: yeah. No, I'm curious too. <laughs> Keep my eye on you. Annie. Thanks, Annie. Talk to you on Facebook. <laughs> so listen, tell us tell us how wet how long is your run? Of your so
1: shows? we will we just extended it actually. So we're going until uh, December 23rd. Um we're and we're doing pretty well with our ticket sales, so get your tickets Susan as as you can if you want to. Um but yeah, it's a uh, it's been fun. I like I said never done a show for as long as this one. Um which is cool because then it starts to feel like oh, this is my job, you know? Like I it, it's it's neat. I I'm I'm really grateful for it.
0: So remind us of the the name and where it is and
1: Sure, it's uh Georgiana and Kitty Christmas at Pemberley. Uh and it's at Main Street Theater uh over in Rice Village uh, in Houston, Texas. I believe on Times Boulevard. Um yeah it's a good time uh if you're just looking to have a lovely evening with uh some friends family or any loved ones uh it's it's a great way to do it uh and it's so lightful and it's funny and it's a little serious at times but everybody tends to go home and just have a good have you're going there to have a good time which is it's good for the holidays
0: thank you for being on the program patrick
1: yeah thank you annie i really appreciate it a great time